So this has been Architecture Hour with Evan Stravers. Uh, I am just sitting here listening and happy for my friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is also the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Here we are with episode 62. I'm Batman. No, that's the commissioner of the NHL. No, no, no. I'm Batman. Fuck, there's a joke in there. I lost it. Well, the joke is, what separates you from being Batman? I'm not wearing hockey pads. Ooh, that was in sync. Bye, yeah. bye, bye. So, yeah, we we have not recorded for a while, and so we're going to be talking about some shit that happened a while ago. And I'm, um, I'm not ashamed about it. The leadoff of which is Batman. Gary Batman. Gary Batman. Whatever your political leanings are, you probably agree on some level that Joe Biden's not a great talker. <laughs> and no. And that's fine. I mean, he's got a speech impediment, so part of it is Mm -hmm. understandable, and we shouldn't make fun of it. Now, what we should make fun of, and I'm actually, while I'm not a Joe Biden fan, I'm actually, I'm not making fun of Joe Biden here. I'm actually applauding him for this minor faux pas, (laughs) which was in having the reigning Stanley Cup and maybe three-time Stanley Cup winning tampa bay lightning to the white house he in talking about hockey slipped and called commissioner gary bettman gary batman which immediately behind him can be seen victor hedman just like losing his shit it's it's not even remotely hidden like he no, was like it's no so funny he's like no i'm going all in on this because this is a beautiful moment yeah and also it just kind of speaks to like joe biden didn't exactly care about getting that wrong he was like whatever we're gonna let it ride he's already the president <laughs> <laughs> i don't care who about the nhl commissioner i don't care if he wears dad jeans like my old friend barry like uh you know we're we're just we're just gonna go with batman and what i really want to know is like what exactly victor hedman was laughing about i mean we know what he was laughing about the comment Mm -hmm. but was it because you know i I mean i know everybody hates gary bettman but like was he laughing because it was gary bettman or did he like have a vision and it pop into his head (laughs) because that's the best part in swedish and it's gary bettman as batman right probably like adam west batman but wearing dad jeans <laughs> that's exactly where my brain went to and like, like maybe like his like his tights don't fit right or it's like he's got dad jeans and like a little kid's shirt on that like shows his pasty midriff it the fact that nobody has asked victor hedman about this or gary bettman is it, it's it just shows how lame right nhl media like, is where's rick westhead saying hey gary so can you tell me about your brief casting as the dark knight well he's not allowed in the building anymore so that's probably why but like <laughs> yeah really he's the only hard-hitting reporter yeah, there but like no tampa bay reporter was like hey victor so gary batman even like, off yeah, the record. They like, must have. They must have because it was so funny. And he's the only one like kind of in frame. So people got really upset on either side of the can you ask Alex Ovechkin and Russian athletes their stance on the the war in, mm-hmm. in Ukraine. And some people were like, that's uncalled for. And other people were like, no, it's actually important. What I want to know is what was going through Victor Hedman's head. Right. Is he laughing at the joke itself, or is he laughing at someone else laughing at the joke? Like, it's one of those things. It it travels through crowds, right? Yeah. And Victor Hedman seems to be a guy who probably has a pretty solid personality, but we never know NHL players' personalities unless they go full Kucherov. (laughs) So it's a missed opportunity for NHL media However, for us on the podcasting or hockey fan side of things, 
it was a blessed moment. And thank you, Victor Hedman and Joe Biden for it seems like Joe Biden finally got something right. <laughs> thank you for the this this just moment of magic. You know who was looking for a moment of magic? Poor Toronto. Oh, uh, like I know. actually sort of feel bad for them this time because they put up a good fight. They really, really did like they can hang a moral victory banner in Comic Sans or something in their in their stadium. They, they went to seven with Tampa. It was a tough series and they just didn't win. They're like, there's not a whole lot to be a jerk about this year. Like this year felt like two heavyweight teams doing battle and the probably slightly better team got some bounces and came out on top. Even the GM like did a good job this year in bringing in Mark Giordano, who played amazingly down the stretch. And like Marner got at least one goal in the playoffs. Finally, yeah. But also played pretty well from people talk about and what I saw. Like nobody's pissed off at Mitch Marner this year like they have been in years past. Like there's not a ready scapegoat. And I think that maybe makes it easier even if it is a little depressing. This past weekend in hockey was one of the best hockey weekends of all time. Absolute insanity. We had five game sevens. Both games on Sunday went to overtime. Mm -hmm. And none of the games was a walk in the park. No, it's been such a well-matched and interesting playoff up to this point. Well, the other big thing that happened is Brad Marchand. Yeah, in the Boston-Hartford Whalers series, Brad Marchand scored a five-point game, and then also became the people's hero by calling Tony D'Angelo racist to his face. You can't have a better game. Yeah, Marchand, he's kind of a hero of the people sort of Like, really done a heel turn. Point. Yeah, like, all of a sudden we're like, wait, Brad Marchand is yelling at somebody for being racist? <laughs> <laughs> Correct me. Hold on. Hold, like <laughs> Hang we need on. to the guy that licked somebody's face. Didn't he lick multiple faces? That guy. All right. All right. Hey, let's get weird. You find friends in strange places, uh, like Boston. <laughs> <laughs> there was also uh, Tony D'Angelo throwing his stick. Yeah, like that's some beer league hockey shit you do with your friends. That's not like professional hockey shit. You. That's such a low fucking move. I don't know. From such an upstanding gentleman, too. Like, who would have who would have seen a classless hockey player coming or hockey move coming from a classless dude? And that's really truly what it is. Like, he he doubled down on it like after the fact, and it's like, no, you're a fucking professional. Yeah. Don't throw your stick on an open net that like the guy is twenty five feet ahead of you. Tony D'Angelo has become really peak Tony D this season. He hasn't done anything to like really make you hate him but he's existed which is enough yeah. and i was gonna say he didn't need to do anything he's already there <laughs> no i know in our hearts and minds right in the hate tree and like also increasing the uh hatred i can only hate him so much because he helped me to a fantasy championship but uh he's been carolina's best defenseman this year like from a scoring from perspective. a scoring perspective yeah like he's never gonna unseat like Slavin and Pesci, they're no, but just he's like master classes the, of defensemen. He's the perfect accent to them, player wise. Like he, you put him and Slavin on a line, and you've got offense, you've got defense, you've got Ying, you've got Yang, you've got red wine, you've got white wine, you've got rose all day. Well, we know Tony D's the white wine, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Brad Marchand called him out for it. Uh, on the ice and the refs also were like you can't say that that's mean <laughs> how dare how dare you call a spade a spade yeah, how how dare you get deep thoughts in a hockey game yeah if you had said he has a tiny boner we would have let it slide but <laughs> calling a calling a racist a racist how dare you a couple of quick stops here for the first round minnesota st louis was looking oh minnesota's playing pretty well What's that I hear? Mm -hmm. Is that, by God, it's Jordan Bennington's music. <laughs> Jordan Bennington from 2019 he, music. He runs down the, the platform to the, the, the square arena or the, what do they call it in wrestling? The ice rink? Uh, well, yeah, to the ice rink. Fuck. 
plays incredibly well. Yeah, after they pulled Vili Huso. Closes that series out. I mean, Minnesota's a very good team. Yeah. And they they kind of, it was kind of like a let's handle everybody but Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah, it uh, it turned into a series that went this, about the same way as their whole season series, which I, like should have been a betting man because I looked at that and I was like, oof. Yeah, Minnesota, like statistically better team all year long, but St. Louis had them 75% of their season games. I don't know. It, now Minnesota's in cap hell. Now they can't really <laughs> yeah. like keep this whole team together. They're in so much trouble. Right. Like they might lose Kevin Fiala. Like this was their best chance until the, the Suter and Parise contracts come to bite them in the ass constantly a for a long time. Like now they're now they have like contract hemorrhoids for four years. It's really rough. They have for four years. They have this or three more years. Sorry for three years. They have this horrible cap situation where they have first 12.7 and then 14.7 million dollars in dead money. That's a fucking yikes, Bob. That's wow. that's three solid players yeah or like an entire line of depth yeah quality depth so i mean hopefully uh marco rossi hits next year i don't know well i mean rossi and boldy will probably both hit but like can they pay to play a team around them like i i don't understand yeah bill garen's move is going to come back and bite them yeah, round two, uh, which started tonight with Tampa kind of dismembering Florida in the second half of that game. Yeah, I mean, oh God, they looked like they had it in that first half of the game. I really was rooting for Florida, but ugh, Tampa looks like they're back. Yeah, <laughs> it, well, Vasilevsky looks like he's back, and that was the big thing is he didn't have a Vasilevsky-type year. And then the last like couple of weeks, people were like, Wait, is Vasilevsky playing really well? Well, he, and then, he looked suspect in the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. Had some moments in the back half of the series. And then like, okay, now now they're leaning on him. Like, the, hell yeah, we have breaking news. Madison Cawthorn concedes in the primary. Fuck. No more fucking madison harry butthole cawthorn oh god what a great fucking day this is uh <sighs> that just oh god yes. now we just need half the supreme court to die did you see the harry butthole video i know i i know about the harry butthole video but I it's pretty funny no desire to watch it it's n- it's nothing it's not even like not because of harry butthole or whatever like normally just i'm like down dumb, for yeah. a good funny video but i just i just right. don't want to even think of him at all <laughs> and i totally agree with that but also he's a really hairy bottle <laughs> and it's just it's it's like hairy ass crack it's like it, it, like we can't all be a slip and slide like you evan god <laughs> no it like he, he like as good as round one was and as warm in my heart as i am having read that news round two is looking fucking great yeah we get the uh we get all sorts of wars. We get lots of battles. It, like you can't stop talking about round two in, unless you talk in terms of risk. Like I'm going to invade Kamchatka. How many die are you taking with you <laughs> into Kamchatka? So the battle of Alberta, we have been graced with this glorious moment of the battle of Alberta. Thank God, we also get the battle of Florida, uh, which we saw play out in the first game tonight. Yeah. I mean, battle of Florida 2.0, but it looks like it's kind of looks the same as battle of Florida 1.0. I think uh, Florida's better than they were for battle of Florida 1.0. Roster wise, coaching wise. Absolutely. It's going to be juicy. I think it's going to go just as long as it did last time but we also get the the battle of tony d'angelo the best battle the hurricanes versus the rangers let's just say i'm hoping for some some heavy hits you're hoping for some fireworks i mean because tony d did not uh ingratiate himself to that team ryan reeves exists (laughs) and ryan reeves exists so and also they know they saw from last time like oh 
you can get under his skin. Like, oh yeah, he went. Tony D went most of the year without that. Like, he went the whole year without showing his total anus to the world, and then did it in this one game. And so we get the Rangers versus their least popular player of all time. We also get St. Louis, Colorado, which is like the series that people just kind of don't care about, but could end up being the best series. It all kind of depends on this first game here. And I think if Colorado wins this, it is a harbinger of boredom. And if St. Louis wins this first game, it's like, oh, strap in your butts. We're going going for a ride. Like, yeah. it, it, if St. Louis is as good as they seemed versus Minnesota against the Avalanche, that's a big deal. But early returns are that Colorado will continue to curb stomp them on the way to moving into the women's hockey off season. And you know, we've had some pretty big announcements. The PWHPA has, you know, sort of announced that they're going to start a league. <laughs> the first kind of big to do going on is PHF free agency is upon us and right our sort of like first ever true free agency where there's really more defined salary cap rules and uh, an expanded cap and they can really kind of compete with the pwhpa's clout for free agents well we'll get there so madison packer decided to re-sign with the rivs even though her wife anya packer did not uh this is a big coup maybe not a coup because she already played there for like Mm -hmm. five or six years but it's it's just a you know keep your best players right and so keeping madison packer in a ribs jersey is a huge step that's very 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 interesting especially with what has gone on behind the scenes with that team this year we've dived into that previously don't need to get into it right now Elaine Chuli and Cheyenne Darkangelo, two of the you know linchpins for the a, a very successful season in Toronto mm-hmm. last year, also resigned with or resigned with Toronto. However, most notably, Michaela Grant Mentis did not resign because she got paid. She got paid like nobody's gotten paid before. Yeah. 80k quite literally like no one's got paid before yes. in the league uh yeah 80k kind of raise i need to fight for uh, yeah right like, so congratulations to her you yes. know someone's got to set that record there's nothing wrong with grabbing the money in professional sports well and, well you're a professional sport grab that money and also setting the bar for women mm-hmm. that high which is excellent yeah, it's it's a huge amount of money. 10% of that deal is a signing bonus as well. So what is that in terms of cap percentage? It's 9.38% of the cap. So okay, I mean, getting paid, I, I think that's more percent of the cap than Patrice Bergeron is in Boston. Like that's it's a big chunk of the cap. On one hand, it means you aren't going to be able to spend a ton more on reserves and third liners and whatever. Sure. But on the other side, you're bringing in somebody who won the MVP two seasons ago was just second in scoring last year could have easily been an MVP candidate this year. And you're bringing her back to the city where she started her PHF career in Buffalo in the time that she's been away. She's been crushing it in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And now you bring her in and Buffalo like right away is now a viable team. Like the team that was last place and got mm-hmm. stomped on a lot last year despite a heroic performance by Carly Jackson all of a sudden has somebody who could push for the scoring lead right in buffalo and bring that scoring lead to buffalo yeah it, it, the unsaid thing here especially with the fact that that salary was pretty much immediately leaked is that it's a shot across the bow. Oh, to the PWHPA. Absolutely. There's obviously been consternation. There's been conflict. There's been condescension. There's been condensation? No. Uh, Too many cons (laughs) there. The fact that this came out, just it shows that the PHF is ready to Mm -hmm. put the money where their mouth is. Show me the money! And so I think we... We have a really 
interesting couple of months ahead of us. Oh, absolutely. And like, really, like anything can happen. Like, this is not NHL offseason stuff. Like, literally anything can happen. And what what might be even more crazy, and this is me getting way ahead of myself, is next year's free agency. Because we'll have a season of the PWHPA. Mm -hmm. We'll have a season of the ph well an eighth season of the phf Mm -hmm. who knows what that is though right it Mm -hmm. might not end up being what a lot of people thought it was and maybe people are like well shit i can go get paid in the phf yeah exactly like if they kind of stumble out of the gate what if you see a mass exodus or at least i don't know (laughs) a couple of big names (laughs) yeah it, it, it would have to start with one player but like yeah that that could be really interesting because this doesn't just like stop when the season starts like this is going to be a continual negotiation and you know if you're not getting the playing time you want this is sort of like the transfer portal in college football like it's a equalizer you know they've they've sent the message they've put up a flare that whatever kind of language you want to use to describe this like this sends a message that the phf is real about paying people a middle class upper middle class salary for professional women's hockey and that means a lot also a big deal reagan carey was hired as the next commissioner of the phf long live the next commissioner of the phf hallowed be thy name uh, yeah i mean you know sometimes positions with this league don't last very long so we gotta gotta celebrate them while they're here it's very true um but however she seems like she's gonna be around a while This seems like a huge move. Uh, Was formerly the U.S. Hockey Federation's director of women's hockey and GM of their women's teams. Yeah, very, very qualified for this position. Massively qualified. Another great hire by the PHF front office as they do this sort of like modernization thing. Go from part-time staff to full-time staff, like really kind of mount up for the next era of this league yeah when you couple that with the phfpa's hiring of nicole corriero mm-hmm. just another this time i'll use it correctly shot across the bow <laughs> the phf is ramping up in a massive way mm-hmm. and there was some consternation out there when the pwhpa sort of kind of maybe announced their the the stipulations of their upcoming league yeah we can make a league too and you know the question became what does the phf do in response well they batten down the hatches and are fucking shit up is what they're doing yeah it it, like it's kind of a a arms race now i mean this is the the signal of an arms race you know russia took a big big whiff of its cigarette and said you you think you have nuclear missile oh well we have bigger bigger nuclear missile sarbamba yeah we have sarbamba uh and then the ukrainians pushed them back in most places um yeah then the ukrainians said uh you have constrips for troops um they don't want to fight against their basically brothers and sisters (laughs) (laughs) phf also announced its slate of award nominees for the year which is uh one player from each team, which is kind of makes it more interesting. You can kind of consider everybody in a weird way that you can't do with a 32 team league. Um, most valuable player. This was an interesting one because so with every one, every team getting one player, you had to choose between Cheyenne, Dark Angelo, Elaine Chuli, and Michaela Grant Mentis and <laughs> Cheyenne, Dark Angelo. Yeah, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, right. That, like, talk about Sophie's choice right there. <laughs> and yeah, it, you know what? I'm glad that Cheyenne, movie villain Dark Angelo, came out of that. It's like, such a great movie villain name. It really is. Uh, and such a great hockey name. Like, oh, yeah. You know, we, we've had, we, we've been really lucky with hockey names as of late in women's hockey. Like, we've gotten some good, 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 you know. Kennedy Marchment was a hell of a hockey name when she came on the scene. And now she's up for most valuable player. And probably the odds on favorite at this point. I was going to say, is it hers to lose? Absolutely. It's got to be hers to lose. Like she is making like JFK and, uh, oh wait, Ooh, let's, uh, uh, in a covered limo. (laughs) 
yeah. Uh, early career, not late career, early career. Saving people off of a PT boat. Yeah, right. And other, you know, Ali Thonstrom put up an amazing year. Defender of the year, I feel like this is one that could go a number of ways, but maybe feels like Amanda Boulier's to lose. Yeah, Dominique Kremer's also up for this one uh, as a dominant defenseman. Um, but Amanda Boulier put together an amazing season and like really turned it on in that playoff tournament was one of the really driving reasons that that team won another cup as much as we hate to see Boston get another cup win anything. (laughs) I mean, yeah, uh, not real mad, but come on, some let someone else win for a change. Um, Goaltender of the year. I feel like it's just a Katie Burt, Elaine Chuli contest, despite some really great goaltending by pretty much like Amanda Levier was incredible, but also didn't play that much due to injury. You look at goaltending stats across the league, though, and like way up (laughs) crazy. Yeah, I I am. I'm bummed to, to not really be able to truly put forward my my fish and loon pad Amanda Levier as uh the top here but yeah it wasn't her year um Carly Jackson faced more shots than a vaccinated United States like <laughs> it's uh in a liberal county <laughs> it's yeah but Katie Burt won that cup and uh it's that's hard to with great uh, stats right so I don't know I think for the whole year, you got to give it to Carly Jackson. Uh, Abby Ives deserves a shout out. But, and as does Elaine Chuli. But it's probably Katie Burt. Newcomer of the year, it's probably Callie Flanagan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think. She helped that team turn it up to 11. Yes. And then, you know, Taylor Gerard had a brilliant rookie year up in uh, Connecticut. And Taylor Davidson was one of the uh, massive uh, Toronto signings of rookies that was truly impactful. And finally, the Denna Lang Award. I really don't know who's... <laughs> I don't know who to say is going to win this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really um, hard to even... Whoever wins it, though, good on you. It's really hard to qualify these players without like a a paragraph write up whoever wins that we're thrilled for them speaking of people that we uh aren't rooting for (laughs) the opposite of stan gnats (laughs) mike ribiero former nhler noted piece of shit noted piece of shit formerly accused of sexual assault uh accused of sexual assault again by uh two women this time not just one but two he was credibly accused and then got off with rich man legal shit yeah uh, normal normal sexual assault technicality bullshit yeah mike rubiero known for long nhl career and some uh all right shootout highlights um is just case in point why hockey culture needs to change because these were accusations in a long line of like where there's smoke there's fire with his career um and him along with like austin watson uh who was now an alternate captain for the u.s at the ihf right credible accusations didn't go where they should have hockey culture is left to pick up the pieces kind of theme here these are case in point why hockey culture needs to change like these guys that should have been stopped weren't stopped and were then given every opportunity under the sun as opposed to say like the rest of us that would be accused in the same way and have our careers destroyed like these guys which should happen like exactly that should happen it's just not happening but because they these are have money and yeah they are afforded influence ex- and they're athletes like a- athletes for some reason are just afforded shit that the rest of us aren't because you know just because they're athletes. Speaking of quick hits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Dustin Brown. He's going to the dustbin. He is done. And what a career. Like, 
He deserves congratulations. He deserves congratulations, especially for being told, hey, we're stripping you of the captaincy, but we really want you around. Mm -hmm. And just continuing to show up. And he's the first captain of the Kings to ever lift the cup. Yeah. and, And that was his goodbye. It was just a picture of him lifting the cup once the Kings got eliminated from the playoffs. Hats off to him. You know, he kind of... Came into the league with with a large pedigree, but also he was a weird player. He had had to kind of adapt. He was a tough guy to play against. He had a resurgent season last year. Put up some really really great old band points. I always call Dustin's dustbin because when I was like in fifth grade writing some like assignment about your friends or something, and I had a friend named Dustin, and uh, Word Perfect kept autocorrecting Dustin to dustbin. Oh. So uh, I just always assumed word was not perfect. Yeah, <laughs> word non-perfect. Yeah, or Dustin needs to get it. The Florida Panthers—they're in the playoffs, but they also did something amazing. Did what every one of us wish we could do, and said "fuck you" to Ticketmaster. Yeah, any chance you get to just put a hot steamy dump on Ticketmaster, you should take it. Right? They—they they kind of like did us all a service and like, oh, you're going to, you charge me $15 of ticket extra. Well, fuck you. Except it's like $75 extra a ticket. Yeah. The ticket's $12 and you pay 35 for it. <laughs> fuck you, Ticketmaster. Gargle my ass. Like, yeah. And then like they, they like modernized their, uh, ticket buying process and somehow made it exponentially worse. Like, yeah. When I bought my latent Rage Against the Machine tickets that have now been punted to their third year, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like the worst ticket buying experience I've ever had. Also, in strange ticket stories, Carolina has limited its ticket sales to only Carolina uh, addresses and phone numbers or something like that, which is hilarious because, well, the team it's playing, its fans travel pretty well. And however, like in this era can probably figure some shit out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what this does is also clamp down on scalping. Uh, Carolina has a reputation for being fan friendly, especially for local fans. Like this is kind of in that vein. I'm, I'm guessing uh, Tina in Greenville, whose brother is a huge (laughs) Rangers fan is about to buy like 400 tickets though (laughs) probably yeah new york will corrupt even the best of us yeah it's like the california of the east um speaking of things chewed up and thrown out by new york barry trots they're like (laughs) hey you should trots on out of here ha ha this is more of uh lou lamorello (laughs) chewing up something and spitting it out again but all the time barry trots easily one of the top coaches in the league still Yes, third all-time in wins behind one guy who's retired and one guy who's not really allowed to coach. And then, like, one of the coaches who really, like, coaches. He's got a system. You play his system. You usually are pretty good, maybe. I mean, he's only won one cup, but... He's won a lot of games. He's won he a shit ton of in the games. Playoffs. Yeah, it, it is a efficient, if boring system. You know, Lamorello fires him and says, we need a new voice. We need a new set of eyes. We need new ideas. And then hires Barry Trotz's right-hand man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was sort of like a coach in waiting. Well, Lane Lambert, Ryan Lambert's second cousin. He was a head coach in waiting somewhere. I don't think right. people thought this offseason it was going to be replacing barry trots but it's not like you can trade a coach and then like you know upgrade to your your coach and waiting he's not like he's not a, a, a you know i think i guarantee if new york if the aisle make the playoffs this year we're not talking about this at all it's not uh, like well we've, not. well we've been waiting for lambert to take the reins and we're gonna go it's right. we're running it back with barry and running it back with this roster that how sucks. shall i say this it's not going to go well. It's not good. No, you. Ha- it, it is literally no country for old men, a roster, and like they are going to get no country this year. And Anton Chigur is just walking <laughs> down the street, yeah, plumping people in the head. <laughs> this kind of leads us to, you know, where does Barry go? And also leads us into the fact that 
Peter DeBoer just got fired. Yeah, we're we're making like a meat production plant and just doing all the deaths right in a row. When this first happened, I said Dallas for Barry Trotz. I think it's a great fit for him. Defense that you can build around, mm-hmm. a great goaltender, a solid backup if yeah. uh, Kudobin comes back. And if that's maybe one thing that we didn't talk about that we probably should have in the first round coverage is the series that Jake Ottinger just put together. The Herculean series that Jake Ottinger, what do you have? 59 saves in that game against, uh, he had multiple, like 60 save game and multiple shutouts against shutouts. one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Talk about shots across the bow. If that's going to be the theme of the episode, he put the whole league on notice. That was like, I'm your next star goaltender. I'm about to get paid. Yeah. Also, uh, as he goes into his RFA season. So, yeah, Peter DeBoer got fired. Because, what took so long? Yeah. So you fired Gerard Gallant because you only made the conference finals. And asked about it. The GM says, uh, I don't see how Peter DeBoer's tenure can't be viewed otherwise as a success, um, as anything but a success. And it's like, actually, there's a very obvious reason why yeah, I want to go fucking Internet troll actually actually also no cups yeah that's why uh and so it turns out he still doesn't have a cup and now he doesn't have a job and he's like a country song gerard gallant is in the second round of the playoffs with his new team no cups i ain't got no job where are you going with that one i ain't got no cups i ain't got no job i'm just i'm i'm rolling it back you know Going at it again, just like Vegas has done several years in a row with only making large splashes that don't fit very well. Like, okay, we're going to bring in Alex Petrangelo at huge cost. And, oh, we're going to bring in Jack Eichel at huge cost. And then we're going to miss the playoffs. I mean, we have absolutely nothing in the cupboard. Um, Yeah, right. Like, maybe when it's all said and done, Seattle wins a cup before Vegas. (laughs) That would be a fucking riot. But, I mean, I'm going to lump this in while we're talking about it, but Mark Stone is going to have major surgery, back surgery, which is a bitch to come back from. Vegas somehow went from dominant cup contender to, like, what are they going to be next year in a damn hurry? Yeah, they've got Laner, Alec Martinez... Mark Stone coming off of surgeries uh, and Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel, who just came off of the first ever of its kind neck surgery in the <laughs> NHL. So it's the Vegas surgical ward. Like, yeah. Like how many doctors can they fit under the salary cap? How many Porsches did all those surgeries pay for? That's what I want to know. Uh, a whole lot of <laughs> midlife crises were funded by these surgeries. Also, something that seems to happen every year. Pierre Maguire was fired. Again! And the fact that it happened so close after the death of Eugene Melnick. You know whose idea that was. That was Pierre Dorian's. Like, he was right. like fuck this guy yeah in game of thrones he was the little finger and uh (laughs) just dealt with i don't know that joke but i'm gonna giggle it was like pierre mcguire just like called in a favor yeah he's like hey eugene um so i don't have a job (laughs) eugene was like i gotcha i i will pay you six dollars i heard on puck soup a good one was like the league likes to push Pierre Maguire and Peter Chiarelli on people like they're like <laughs> ugly friends you're trying to date or get dates for <laughs> and like oh man that that fits so well so shout out to those guys for landing the good one uh you know who didn't land a good one poor Mitch Marner finally put a playoff series together got his car jacked immediately afterwards at gunpoint uh, gun and knife point, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Multiple. it's okay to bring a knife to a gunfight when you your have friends the gun. have the guns. <laughs> and you can just be in the back going, yeah, see, I got this knife. <laughs> there was just like a tweet from the Toronto police about carjacking. And 
it turned out it was Mitch Marner. And thankfully, he's okay. Yeah. It's, it's a pending investigation. Nobody's saying anything. He's out one Land Rover. Like, he can probably get another. Yeah, but- well, he's he's making a ton of money to lose in the first round. Right. All he's got plenty said, of time to shop. All oh, oh, man, the jokes are just landing today. That being said, we're very happy that he's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, losing a car when you can afford another one, much better than, you know, getting knifed in the belly or something. Right. Michael Bunting can collect on his 401k now. And so he can spot much Marner some money. Michael Bunting will just hand him a pocket full of Spanish doubloons that <laughs> he was there at their minting. <laughs> the NHL draft lottery was announced. And to nobody's surprise, when the draft is in Montreal, Montreal... Shocking nobody got the first pick, the rights to take uh, Shane Wright, who Jean is, bien, Shane Wright. who is looking less like the world beater everybody thought he was going to be. He didn't have a great season in the OHL this year. He's still a good uh, prospect, but... Oh, he's yeah, he's still an excellent player, but he's not looking like Connor Bedard. And maybe it's because Connor Bedard exists that he doesn't look like such a Yeah, Connor Bedard, prospect. I mean, also, Connor Bedard is everywhere <clears throat> and putting up stupid numbers yeah shane wright's merely been like above average in the in the ohl getting him he him and nick suzuki should form a very solid one two center pairing yeah at some coming point. down the middle boy did they mit, miss philip Deneau or right yes now. very kokaniemi yeah um, like i don't pity montreal no <laughs> you sleep, no not at all you no. sleep in that bed you shat in yeah and when the uh red wings somehow win the draft lottery next year you know, and get Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. like all will be well. Um, you know, that thing that has never happened and will never happen. The Red Wings winning the draft lottery. Um, Maybe that's part of the Iser plan. They didn't lose any picks. They didn't move back this year. Which yeah. Was that, nice. I mean, that's a big deal. You're trending in the right direction. <laughs> Woo. Something that's not trending in the right direction. This deal for the Yotes to play at ASU. Oh, it took a big hit big old dump a big old coyote dump it's like seven coyote dumps if you've ever seen coyote dumps they're not very big (laughs) yeah uh turns out that arizona state is gonna keep their logo at center ice during coyotes games like uh, let's just make it real obvious that you're sharing a building with a college team that has also the rights for uh preferential home games anytime they have home games so like the coyotes are going to start off with like a month of road games like the islanders did last year also then like not have like a weekend home game for several months like their schedule next year is just it's depressing to look at i'm gonna root for the coyotes in a weird way oh but only just like but just to like but they're not gonna go very far but i just want them to like and to end on a good note, we want to talk about how to support your family members, how to support your friends, how to support the people around you. It's to be a good fan and make noise and look like you're having a good time like Brady Kachuk. He has been supporting Matthew Kachuk, his brother, through all of the games that Calgary has played Dallas. And then I would assume, you know, he's going to keep going, but he's been uh, wearing t-shirts that make fun of his brother because i mean you kind of know like brady kachuk looks like he would rather be wrestling matthew kachuk if he could get his hands on him but matthew kachuk's like on the ice in the locker room so like okay i'm gonna have to settle for cheering for my brother and mocking him at the same time yeah uh but brady kachuk has just been having such a good time with it that you can't not lean in and cheer for calgary (laughs) it's a bummer that we'll never get to see the reverse of that because Ottawa <laughs> because doesn't make the playoffs. I mean, we were promised five years of unparalleled success. And the first year they had to sign Brady Kachuk to get over the cap floor. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was delayed a year because they thought Eugene Melnick was going to pass away earlier. That That's really what Eugene... <laughs> Eugene just predicted his death and uh, then said, well... We're going to have success after that. Like, <laughs> but Brady's just, he like shows how to be a supporter. He's just looked nothing but happy the entire time. Like he's made so much of an impression that Matthew's been like asked about it after games. 
while like celebrating the glow of a victory. Yeah, right. Like, hey, you you scored this t- game tying goal, and and then Johnny Gaudreau won it in overtime with an amazing fucking snipe. He's awesome. He's having a good time. Wish we were having a good time. Similarly, with the uh, Winterhawks playing their game seven tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, Winterhawks lost six to three to Seattle, their hated rival, who will move on in the playoffs in their stead. You know, good season, Portland. Hey, it's a bummer. Uh, we wish you the best, and we wish you super fans like Brady Kachuk in the future. Just a couple of quick notes. A couple of weeks ago, we were geared up and ready to uh, record, and the leaked document from the Supreme Court came out that basically says they're going to, shall we say, terminate uh, Roe v. Wade in this country. And we both decided that we just really didn't have it to record that week. Yeah, it was hard to take. You know, much has been made about this. And I I don't really want to tell. Like, this isn't a political issue. It's a health issue. And politicizing women's bodies and using them as leverage for political careers or any sort of power is fucking horrific. And these people who would be absolutely aghast if like we mandated vasectomies for men at age 14 or something like that which i still sort of don't understand why we can't like we just <laughs> put like fucking plumbing valves <laughs> but uh and, and so like the second a man's body would ever be regulated would be aghast and shit would be over so fast have this big hard on to regulate women's bodies. And that's really what it is, is it's power. It's weakness, like showing up in its most grotesque forms. And, and it's not, it's a failure to understand history because we've already been through this shit. We've already decided essentially as a society that we're better off with the ability to get an abortion than we are with it being prevented from a mass public health perspective. Abortion is it's important to save the lives of women that undergo issues with birth. The laws that would make abortion illegal also prosecute miscarriages and prosecute ectopic pregnancies and and contraception and IVF you know, I wouldn't be here without IVF. That's a whole other story. But, you know, that we are now relitigating this 50 years after the fact just shows that we didn't pay attention to history. In retrospect, keep your fucking laws off of women's bodies. Let's keep abortion safe and legal in this country so that massive, massive health problems can be prevented yeah don't arise from it and sorry for getting political not sorry but (laughs) you know it's just like this is the first linchpin in the reversing of civil rights in this country and it's a terrifying moment i mean it's not even the first it's been backsliding for a long time first with voting rights and civil rights and now now the the conservative legal machine has come for abortion and we need to support abortion providers we need to support planned parenthood planned parenthood still is the number one dispenser of contraception in the united states and you know what attacks on planned parenthood do they result in more abortions and more unwanted babies there are basically two economic theories for why crime went exponentially down in the 80s and 90s they probably exist in tandem and it's the banning of lead gasoline yep. and it's Roe versus Wade. Together, we prevented widespread lead pollution with the EPA and we made it so that more babies were cared for and loved. And unwanted babies that would not be cared for, loved, and provided for were prevented from existing. And that's both okay. by their parents and by a state that just doesn't, or a nation that just doesn't fucking care. Right. We need to provide more care for the living, breathing humans that have the babies or may have the babies and care less about the unborn 
that are not at all provided for in the Constitution. It's a scary moment in our country's history, and it sucks that it's just something that we're revisiting. Also, and like we're ending this on a real somber tone. We just watched a white nationalist murder a bunch of people on Twitch. Yeah, which is insane. In Buffalo. And, you know, this is this is the sort of thing that happens when quote unquote mainstream sources parrot like far right non scientifically backed complete crackpot theories like replacement theory. Yeah. And you get an 18 year old who under New York law should have been flagged and made so he could not buy a gun walk into a store, but we've detoothed our ability to actually police who owns guns and walked into a store at 18 bought an assault rifle and murdered 10 people in cold blood. Yeah. And wrote things on it. Like here's your reparations. It was absolutely racially motivated. He pulled off from killing white people and then murdered black people. You can't not make it about race. It is racial terrorism. Uh, This is white nationalism. It's white supremacy. It's terrorism. And we need to, as a country, start calling it that. These people are terrorists. They are trying to use fear as a weapon to get their ideology across. And that is the definition of terrorism. And so this is a shitty, somber way to end a podcast that is supposed to be jokes and fun and shedding light on the the fun bits and yeah, but you also can't the bad bits. You can't have fun bits when people are getting gunned down at the grocery store. Yeah. Like that's not, that makes it not fun like, for the rest of us. People went to go get their food for the night and never came home. And right. And people it, that were targeted because they lived in a black area by someone that lived in a predominantly white area who went there because it was a predominantly black area. Thanks to a uh, planning level segregation in Buffalo that goes back to like the pre-World War II era. You know, you can get into how that got segregated in the first place, but that's some master's level urban planning shit. I know it's hollow words, but our hearts go out to anybody impacted by this. The city of Buffalo, the families of the victims. Yeah, we have so much love for Buffalo. We talk about it all the time. (laughs) I mean, partially because we have some close friends from Buffalo that are Buffalo fans. And and like to see that this happened in buffalo and to like this is basically dylan roof 2.0 i mean he wrote dylan roof's name on his fucking assault rifle that's what it is and it sucks ass but it's also brought this back into the limelight how we need to deal with the problem of white nationalism and white supremacy and if we don't it will be the end of us normally we close by telling you where you can find us i just don't really feel like it's a good ending at this point so take care of everybody you love Don't kill people because they're different than you. Stop being an asshole. Stop being a racist fuck. And fuck, yeah. Stay handsome, everybody. Yeah, stay safe. Stay handsome. Know that different ideas make us better. Restez beau, tout le monde.